Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sunday's You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. So, Nicola. Yes? I have a lunch date tomorrow. I know. Excited. Well, I'm a bit nervous, actually, because it's quite strange going on a date. Well, going on a date with a man who contacted me on Twitter and he seems quite normal. He seems quite funny. He's about 50. First dates are so difficult, aren't they? Because you're going to be judged. You're going to be judged. Are you desirable? Does, do I make him want to vomit? Are you going to be judged and found wanting? Or are you going to be judged and way? Hey. So we'll find that out in my new column. I think... But what we have to decide during the podcast, it's a bit like Trini and Susanna. Susanna. What should I wear? Da, da, da. Come on then, show me your outfits. Right, Give the... me your choices. I've got the shoes. I'm a bit like Anthony Hopkins. It's, uh, he creates a character from wearing their shoes. So I'm going to create my date persona from wearing my shoes. But they're so your wedding shoes. shoes. They're your wedding shoes. They are my wedding shoes, but they are also Bottega Veneta, and they've got a glittery Swarovski heel, and they're very, very high. And when I got married, I had the attic room at Babington House, which is down some very steep staircase. And me and my maid of honour, the very willing Kerry, had a magnum of champagne while I was having my makeup done, and the manicurist made me bleed on my outfit, but that's another story. It's still in litigation. Um, I had to walk down these very steep stairs from the attic in my Bottega Veneta shoes and it took three people to get me down the stairs. <laughs> I was like a reluctant horse getting on a horse box. So I've just I've just I was like ask. being led down Everest by a Sherpa without oxygen because I was in my Bottega Veneta shoes. So I'm wearing my Bottega Veneta shoes. The choices are... Hang on, hang on, hang on. With the shoes, are you taking the collies? Yes, but it's a very short walk from the car park to the terrace <laughs> and it's quite flat. So you're going to be dragged by three collies. I might in high get hills. the maitre d' to take one collie. Oh my god. This okay, right. I just want to set the scene for everyone. And here. they're quite blocky, the hills are quite blocky. They came from a blocky period in the early two thousands. They're not stilettos, they're quite blocky, so I'm quite stable. But your your collies are quite pulley. They might be blocky but they're yeah, pulley. But I'll get the matron to help. You'll be like we're on a so flipping husky. So sleigh. they're brown and I'm thinking Well they're ox blood, aren't they? Pardon? They're, hang on a minute, from someone that says buttery leather and for someone that says Milky. Milky. They're not they're not brown, they're they're ox blood. No, ox blood is red, Nick. Those red. aren't brown. They're, nice. they're not red. They're not red. They're brown. Oh, they look red to me. Haven't you got a posh well, name? It's purple. It's not bloody purple. It's copper. Copper. Right. Right. Go so on. the choices are... Go on. My Prada Manish jacket that I got in a sample sale with a silk Gucci hanky skirt... Right. ..and a white T-shirt. The white T-shirt shows that I don't really need a boyfriend. It's quite low-key. Or 
inky page denim flares with the white t-shirt and the jacket and the shoes? Jeans, definitely. Why? Because I think with the high heels, three collies and a skirt, you're pretty practical. I might show I mean? my thong. <laughs> well, if you, if you, which, which is also hanging on that, on the, on the hanger, ladies. No, what I like to do whenever I'm doing anything the next day, I have all my clothes laid out with the underwear. Is this the famous Myler thong? Yes, this is a Myler. <laughs> Gracie, stop it. This is a Myler thong bought by my ex. From Selfridges for Christmas. It's a little bit disloyal, but I'm wearing it anyway. There's a sort of joy in that, isn't it? That's just made me go all sort of warm and fluffy. <laughs> right. So the Myla thong. The Myla thong. The Gucci hanky skirt that might ride up with the collies' noses. And it might cause a bit of an incident. The Prada jacket and the white t-shirt and the Bottega Vanessa wedding shoes. Nah. Jeans. Jeans. Why? Because you look... See, my calves are quite Megan. Do you want to see my calves? I've... Megan's calves, I'm obsessed with Megan, they're like blades. They're like... It's like she's got no legs and she's on those blades that they run during the Paralympics. Is that a good thing? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, you want to be like a blade. Well, <laughs> what am I going to be a blade of? I'm going to be a whole wheat sheaf. <laughs> no, I think the skirt is just... Just the bit, not with the collies as well. It just yes, looks but like if not the, practical enough. If you enough. turn up in a Gucci hanky skirt and a man who hasn't had a date for 18 months, they're putty in your hands, aren't they? But you look gorgeous in jeans and the white T-shirt. It's just casual enough. Yeah. Especially when you're being dragged by three collies. Yeah, and I would also be wearing no makeup makeup that took two and a half hours to put on. Yeah. I think that's nice. I think with a T-shirt, it's casual enough but dressy enough. And it's fitted to show off the fact that you've got this amazing figure. Yeah, but it's shop-bought, isn't it, my figure? Well, it don't matter, does it? I'll buy. Do you know what I mean? Not really a problem. And the jacket, to be honest... Yeah, but you see, the thing is, when you're like me, which is 60... <coughs> Plus V80. Whatever... And you're shop bought and you're straight up and down. You don't have many erogenous zones. I don't really have many erogenous zones apart from my blade like Megan Carr. Well, to be fair, you seem to have done all right lately, haven't you? <laughs> you've, <laughs> you've caught up on your erogenous zones. Now, I'm going for inky jeans, inky jacket, right. white T-shirt. If he rejects me... It's my fault, the I know. First hurdle, it's my fault. This will be on your head. It's my fault. Just save the calves until you think he's worth it and then wear a nice dress with a See, I'm wondering whether to change my bed linen tomorrow. You slapper, you've not even met him yet. Are you going to change your bed? No. If I come in here and it's got clean bed Don't linen, come in here. I'm Don't come in here. Which means you are I'm going to change it. i the door. That's all right, I'll just come through the back door. It's not a problem. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're coming across a bit Kerry Mulligan, aren't we? So Kerry Mulligan... Is the star of a new film called Promising Young Woman. And it won a BAFTA last weekend. And it's up for an Oscar this weekend. And basically, she was a medical student. And her best friend, her childhood friend called Nina. Minnie, stop it. Minnie, you've had a poo. Minnie, don't do this tomorrow. You promised me. If you me. poo you during me. my date, it's Battersea. <laughs> Minnie, Battersea. <laughs> Oh, so her best friend got gang raped at medical school. Minnie! And her revenge 
is to bring the dog into the equation and drive them mad with barking. <laughs> Her revenge is to educate men one man at a time. So she pretends to be drunk, she goes to a club, gets picked up by a man and then suddenly reveals herself not to be drunk. And I wrote a piece in the Daily Mail about this this week. And even though I consider myself a feminist because a man has never paid a gas bill for me, let alone dinner, although the man is paying tomorrow. Start as you mean to go yeah. on. I want him to be a gentleman. And in the 80s, it was all the rage to go to self-defence classes and you got lady cabs home. You didn't get a cab driven by a man. You got a cab driven by a woman. And I worked on a very feminist magazine. The fact of the matter is that men are bigger and stronger than women. Yes. And that's really the downfall of the film because no matter she's incredibly bright and she's incredibly beautiful and she's very manipulative and clever, you can't escape the fact that men are bigger and stronger than us. You have to protect yourself. And I had this chat with a friend who's got two teenage daughters and I said to her, are you not worried about them being in London after Sarah Everard was murdered? And and she said, no, because they're both really fit and they can outrun a man. And I said to her, no, they can't. You can't un Doesn't outrun a man. Like they're bigger and stronger and faster than you. So even though they were cleverer than men, they're always going to be bigger and stronger. And this is yeah. the Achilles heel of this film, I think. And it is true, isn't it? And we don't want to admit it. We, but at the end of the day, there is a physical difference. I mean, I am feisty. I am really feisty. Nick's really but, strong as well. And I'm really strong. I really am. But when I was um, trying to beat someone over the head with an iron bar for kicking a live rat, Martin just picked me up and carried me. And I was kicking him, like, in the nuts, frankly, to make me put me down because I was so angry that he wouldn't let me kill this person that kicked this rat. But when they come down to it, Martin could just pick me up and carry me away. And I'm no lightweight. You know, we are at a disadvantage. And we, we have got a responsibility to look after ourselves. Male or female, you've got a responsibility to look after yourself. We should be able to walk butt naked down the street. But let's face it, men's brains aren't always in their heads, are they? Do you know what I mean? And they are led by this minute appendage to do to behave in a way that's not particularly good and unfortunately but we that is can't the case. rely on them to behave in a certain way no and boys egg each other on i mean all the i mean i went out i'm sort of one of the boys and i go out and i hear the way they talk and i'm like you bunch of absolute what did you think about tons. the language in promising young woman the way a group of men talked about women do you think they really talk about yeah absolutely like that? absolutely that's, that's really very typical. I thought it was really well done. So what did you think of the film? I thought it was really good. I thought it was... I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but I was quite surprised by the ending. Yeah. I, th I think it was very well done and very well written. I think that line where she says um, about when was the last time you scored in daylight, I thought that was hilarious. But I didn't know it was meant to be a comedy or a dark comedy. That was the only line I found very funny. Yeah, I didn't find it that funny. I didn't that was find the it one funny. line I, f I found funny. Yeah. Uh, so when I read the review, but that was, I was quite, quite um, telling, wasn't it? That these men pick her up. She's obviously very beautiful. Mm. She's obviously a medical student. She's very intelligent. Men have this deluded idea of how attractive they are. And, and Emerald, who wrote the script, 
she actually summed that up very well. You know, when was the last time you scored in daylight? Mm. Most of these men don't deserve us. Well, men talk about beer goggles, don't they? And sort of they'll find anything attractive when they've had a drink. But the reverse is true. They actually expect us to find them attractive. You know, and it's like, hey, mate, you know, you're, you're slurring, you're dribbling, you're pretty unattractive to start with, and this club just ain't dark enough. Do you know what I mean? I've not had enough to drink. You might have. I haven't. So what are you up to this weekend, Nat? Well, you're not the only one that's got a date. I've got a date as With well Destiny. on Saturday. No, I've got, like you, I've got an online date on Saturday. Guess who with? Go on, who's that then? Go on, go on, go on. Come on now. Go on then. Craig David, all over your boing. You're looking black. Craig Davies doing a concert, an online concert. But where on is he performing? I think he's. I think he's at Waltham Abbey when he does it. But it's where? it's online. It's online. You can buy tickets. No, but where online. is he performing? I think it's at Waltham Abbey. Where's that? Waltham Abbey's near where I'm from in Essex. My dad's buried in Waltham Abbey. Just little, you know, sideline. But yes, he is doing a concert, and he's got DJ Spoonie doing a set as well, who is fantastic. It's going to be a back to the 80s extravaganza. I've had my hair done. That's copper highlights. That's not purple. purple. It's copper. I've had my eyebrows done. But does he see you? Is it a two-way thing? No, I don't think he has that pleasure, which is going to be good. But I'm going to have him up on the big screen. I'm going to have him blasting. I'm going to have me drink. I'm going to go for a one-woman party. I don't know why you love Craig Davis. Because he's, like, cool, isn't he? No, he's not cool. No, he's very cool. He's cool and he's crumpet. He's cool crumpet. That's why I love Craig David. And it's taking you back to an era, isn't it? It's taking me back to like the eighties. It's 80s not proper and... music. What do you mean it's not proper music? It's not. Well, it's a dance up more proper music than the rubbish they spill out nowadays. You have Craig David all over your boy. Who doesn't want him all over their boy? What's a boy? Boing, boing, all over your boy. <laughs> you wouldn't want to chill out with him on Sunday. Do you know what I mean? So sorry to interrupt, Liz, but we have a very important announcement that might just interest your listeners. There's another Mail on Sunday podcast and it could change your life. It's called Medical Minefield. Yes, where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. And that's with me, Barney Kalman, the Mail on Sunday's health editor. And me, Eve Simmons, the deputy health editor. Find us at mailplus.co.uk. Do you want to hear about this week's column? I do. Which is the main point of the podcast. Award-winning. 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 My column this week is all about cats. It's my life in cats. And I talk about... It was 1991, before you were born. No, it was before Martin was born. Yeah, before your boys were born. And I worked on a women's magazine called Mirabella... And the staff, apart from me, they were just... Every star from women's journalism was there. There was Natasha Walter, who was a very famous feminist writer, and she's still very famous and very feminist. Never the editor... Well, you're, yeah, but you're not in the media. This is just for... I all am the, now. I've got, I've, got, I've got all the lingo now. File copy... I've got peg. a peg. Peg gonna need a peg for you that. You can't write a story unless there's a peg no. to hang it on. No. 
I've got all the lingo. The editor was Leslie White, and Leslie White was an icon. She was a features writer for The Mail on Sunday. Um, before that, she worked at The Face. Do you remember The Face? Do. Yeah, a fantastic magazine. The deputy editor was Sally Brampton, who was a launch editor of Elle. I remember Elle, yeah. And Elle Deco. I remember that as well. She was amazing. We were all in awe of Sally Brampton. She wore these Levi's. She had cropped blonde hair. Um, but the nice thing, oh, Janine Giovanni was the foreign editor. She's a very famous war reporter. Tamara worked in the fashion cupboard. Now, when you work on a glossy magazine, there's always a cupboard and you lock people in it. So locked in the fashion cupboard was Tamara and she launched Jimmy Choo. And then there was another girl, I've just remembered her, called Elsa. And she went out with Midjure. Oh, Vienna. Yeah, that weren't music. Oh, God. Yeah. So they're all big stars oh. and there was me. Honestly, they stick to the day job. You've just hurt me eardrums. Caroline Baker, who was legendary at Nova. She then worked at the Sunday Times magazine. And I was so in awe of her, I couldn't speak to her. And then she worked at You magazine. She was a fashion editor. We had this beauty editor at Mirabella. It's, I don't know why it failed. The beauty editor was called Leslie Kenton. And she was most famous for publishing a recipe... Do you know what the recipe was? Never, never heard of her. She cooked her placenta and ate it. Okay. Because she said it was good for her skin. She's one of them. Oh, joy. Oh, God. So the people were stellar. And I remember going to the office every morning on Haymarket and every lunchtime we'd go out in Soho home. And I remember my first screening of a film because it was my... Thing to go to screenings of film so my first screening of a film in the lunchtime in Soho was Ghost with I Patrick Swizzle and it. I thought I'd arrived I've arrived I'm working with Sally and I'm working with Leslie and I'm working with Placenta Woman and then after five months I was called to the office of the managing editor and she said we're shutting it down oh, so I was made redundant they oh, shut us God. down they shut us down well, I'm sorry, that's what you get if you eat placentas. I'm sorry. That's just nasty. But anyway, because I worked with all these women on Mirror Mel about magazine in 1991, I met this woman who also worked in the fashion cupboard. We let her out occasionally and she did all the stockists. Doing the stockists of a magazine is very difficult. It's before the internet. You had to phone every shop, Browns, Selfridges, somewhere in Manchester. Are you stocking? The brown cardigan we're featuring on page 19. So she was the stockist editor. Anyway, she went on the Marchioness. Do you remember the Marchioness? And it was in the it's Thames. Sunk. And she went to the bottom of the Thames. She met some fish and she ate some salt. And then she came up to the top again. And she came up to the top of the Thames and she said to me, Liz, you need to... <laughs> you need to get a cat. That was that was that was her epiphany from like nearly dying on a sinking ship. You need to get a cat. Yes, because life is short. You need to get a cat. So I got a cat. It wasn't and I really went worth half dying. For. I went to this designer friend who lived in Elephant Castle called Simon, and this stray cat had walked in, and had some kittens. And the last one left was Snoopy, who I Aww. named after because I was very into gangster rap in those days. Snoop Doggy Dog. I named him Snoop Kitty Cat. 
So I had a cat called Snoop Kitty Cat. Can I just point out, you know, does the Just Eat advert? It's all gone down here, isn't it? He still looks really young, though, doesn't he? His skin. He does, actually. And he does make the Just Eat advert really cool. <laughs> but even so... I was obsessed with Snoop Dogg, <laughs> Biggie Smalls, Faith Evans. Loosen up your buttons, baby. <laughs> So, never mind Craig David, gangster rap, public enemy. I used to wear a public enemy t-shirt when I went to dance class at the pineapple. That's a whole different podcast. Anyway, so I got my cat. And then I got Squeaky, who just came into my flat. And she wore the cat flat because she was so fat. Darling Squeaky. And then I got Susie and Sweetie from Celia Hammond. And it was fair to say that my whole life was ruled by my cats. Mm. Did you name Sweetie Sweetie? No, my husband named Sweetie Sweetie. Because she was like quite scary when she wanted to be. She whistled because she'd lost a bit of tooth. She was a bit scary though sometimes. And that's the reason I left London. So my archive... You're trying to talk over Minnie! You can read this week's diary in full Man on Sunday's You Magazine. So we're 2007 and I lost Susie and I put posters everywhere and then I made the big mistake of offering a reward so that I got all these crank calls saying, I've got your cat, if you give me £2,000 I'll get your cat. And eventually I went out in the middle of the night calling and I heard her and she was in the garage of the house at the end of the square so I knocked on the door and there were two gay men and I said I think my cat's in your garage can you open the garage and they refused to so I broke into the garage and I made my husband come and help me we were just separated at that they point they refused to what mean minded absolute yeah. gits and he said if you're going to break into that garage I'm out of here I don't want to be arrested and I said I knew you weren't husband material lily livered git lily livered <sighs> So I got Susie back, and that's really, in a nutshell, why I moved to the countryside. So I'm going to read you a bit from this column in 2007. I still haven't found Susie. I've distributed leaflets, put posters up. I've taken out a front-page ad in the local newspaper. Nothing. I've stood in my square at 2am and called her name. I'm especially distraught because I moved to Exmoor in three weeks' time. I can't leave her behind. I hate to think of her out there somewhere in the cold among the fireworks without me. I still had to go to Paris last week for the fashion shows. And H, my cat sitter, also my cleaner, very willing, she took over the search duties. My soon-to-be ex-husband did help me distribute leaflets, but we got in a terrible row. I told him I blamed him because he refused to cat sit while I was in Milan because he shouted, I am no longer your husband. You can't blame me for anything anymore. No wonder you'll be on your own in Exmoor. Nobody likes you. You will die an old maid. And he called me an old hag. Technically, I can't die an old maid because I've been married. And so I yelled to his retreating back, which had back fat, (laughs) you were never my husband, you fat small penis prick with back fat. I was in Paris walking in the sunshine when my solicitor called to tell me the decree absolute had been declared. You really do not want to be in the city of light 
when you find out you are no longer being married. I kept seeing handsome men, Minnie, with beautiful women, <laughs> inviting little bistros down side streets. I've got no one to go to dinner with. No one to place a hand in the small of my back. No one to release spiders. I was sitting next to a young fashion editor who was sporting a giant rock on her finger and a dreamy look in her eye. Oh, she was popular. I told her on no account to get married unless she's really, really sure, but I could see her thinking, ah, oh, my man is different. He really loves me. And so I want to use my column this week to tell you that no man is different and how to read the signs. One. This is a list. Right, go on. His most valuable weapon of deceit is his mobile phone. If he turns it off when he gets home, deletes messages or puts it under his pillow, he's cheating on you. Two, yeah. if you don't have sex twice a week, he is cheating on you. Similarly, similarly, if he goes away for one night to a literary event or a stag night, he will cheat on you. If he goes away for three months to find himself, divorce him while he's gone because he's not a husband. If he joins Facebook and won't give you his password, he's cheating on you. I remember when I was married, I went into his Facebook account and under relationship it said complicated. <laughs> Four, if he goes to a party without you, he's cheating on you. Five, if he shuts the door to his office, he's emailing other women. You will be able to tell if he has a secret email account by tracking history on his computer. Six, if he starts staring at you with misty-eyed regret or leaving the house in his best jumper, Brora, bought, bought by, by me, yeah. thank you, Nicola, yes. saying, no, I don't want to lift to the tube station, he's cheating on you. If he suddenly starts being nice, suggesting you spend Christmas with your mother, he's cheating on you. Seven, if he's suddenly randy, he's practising. If he's learned a new sexual technique, he's cheating on you. We once went to New York. He performed a new sexual technique. I said, you must be cheating. And he said, no, I Googled it. Right. Okay. Oh. But eventually I found Susie in the garage and she it smelled of urine and I never went back to clean it because the two gay men wouldn't let me in their garage. And I took her to Somerset. And so Susie is the reason I left Aww. London. Susie was sweet, wasn't she? Well, she was um, a feral cat, and yeah, she never sweet. became not feral, really. You couldn't pick her up. No. No, if you could pick her up, you knew she wasn't well. I do you remember when we had to try and get her in the cat box to take her to the vet? It was like a two-man job. You broke my vase. I, I, yeah, I tried to grab her, and I off. Every week, lots of you get in touch, telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. How are the readers this week, Nick? Are they still with us? Well, what I did this week, I thought we'd go for something a bit different and ring the changes. And I was thinking back to our podcast party that we have to raise money. Yeah, for we're not up. having another one. I oh, was vacuuming. No, I was vacuuming snow for about three months. I still find pine needles You're in not... places that shouldn't even have places. But anyway, 
When people bought tickets, they were asked to submit questions, and we asked a couple of the questions on the podcast party, but there were still a few that wasn't answered. Yes, I I think we got too drunk, didn't we? Yeah. I thought it would be fun to go back to those and revisit them and answer the questions that didn't go on answered. Then. So we had Lisa who wanted to know what's your favourite word? Yes. Is that when you're saying it or when you're getting it? Either really. I think we should say yes to more things. Okay. There was a film, wasn't there, where you had to say yes to everything? Was there? Yeah, there was a film. I don't know who it was. Yes. There was probably. someone that had to say yes to everything that they were offered, but then they got this amazing life and new opportunities for it. So maybe yes. Right, so we've got Seraphine who says, when this says she doesn't like jazz, does she mean the fiddly experimental modern songs or, or classics like Sinatra and Ella Fitzgerald as well? Well, I know Sarah Finn is a jazz singer, and it's not that I don't like jazz, although, as we all know, I'm quite into gangster rap. Because I dated Osama Bin Laden, and he was really into jazz, when we split up, I went off jazz. So I used to be into football when I was married, and my husband supported Spurs, and I supported Italy. Any Italian player, I supported. When I got divorced, I went off football. So I think you can go off... A culture because of the man because it's then tainted that's like it with names isn't it if like if you know someone with a name that you really didn't it's like it's not really the like same no name. yeah it's definitely the same so <laughs> <laughs> did you take them on though because of the men or was they there already so did you like football anyway or did you like it no but i really got into football with my husband and we watched football italia and i love zinedine zidane and my favorite player was nesta who, who played for Italy, because he had really shiny hair. But I never got into the technicalities of football. And my husband, I think one of the main reasons we got divorced is because during a game of football, Italy versus Real Madrid or whatever, I would keep saying, which way are they going? And he got so fed up with me saying, but yeah, but which way are they going? Because I could never work out which way they were going. He could have put little dots on the screen. This is this one. Yeah, but then it all changed, doesn't it, at half time. And at half time, I thought all the fans got up and then moved around. But apparently the fans didn't. They all stayed in the same seats. So my husband got so fed up with me saying, which way are they going? I think he then divorced me and cheated on Daphne with a very low forehead. See, that's why he cheated on you. Yeah. Because you didn't know which way they were going. Which way are they going? I've forgotten. No, I've forgotten again. Which one? Well, no, I just... Which way... They, oh, I've forgotten again. That sounds too much hard work. Let's get to Rosie. Rosie said... Is this Rosie, our producer? No, no, this is, a, this is podcast Rosie, not podcast producer Rosie. She says, Liz, you have written about and often been ostracised by most people in your life, but never Nick. Is she really so perfect? <laughs> just waiting for the answer to this one with... <laughs> I think Nicola made up this question. Didn't, didn't. Rosie, Rosie, producer Rosie can check it on the original sheet. It's absolutely true. I would have been much more careful about how I phrased it. <laughs> no, but you're not perfect, are you, now? No, I'm not perfect. And I tell you what sends me into a rage. No, you're not meant to be listing my faults here. <laughs> no, what sends me into a rage is that underneath my column every week, my editor has got this banner about the podcast, and she says every single week, and I keep meaning to email her to change it, and her long-suffering assistant, Nick, 
Why are you long-suffering? I'm the long-suffering one. Oh, I think I'm pretty long-suffering as well. You, I have to sit here and listen about Zoom sex. I mean, that's that's really long-suffering. <laughs> so come on then. Come on. Am I re- am I so perfect? <laughs> <laughs> now I would say the main thing about Nicola, the only thing really. Oh God. <laughs> is I would trust. I trust my dogs and my horses. And my last dead cat with Nicola. I wouldn't trust him with anyone else. No. No, that's our bond, really, isn't it? That's our bond. You would lay down your life for Mini Puppy. Yeah, absolutely. That's what brought us together, Well, it's the only thing, isn't it, really? Well, no, we've got other things. I can't think of everything off the top of the head, but that's the main one. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary of the Podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review, only good ones, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and mailplus.co.uk. I'll be back next week, but for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.